Are you ready to be a better, more successful, and open-minded trader and investor? I'm Serge Berger, head trader and investment strategist at thestudytrader.com, and I want to help you get there. Whether you've been investing for years or are just getting your feet wet, this podcast will help you cut through the noise and get dialed in on the big picture. We will utilize research, guest interviews, and real-time analysis of the market. We're at a critical juncture in the market where knowledge really will mean power. Hey, everybody. I'm Serge Berger. I'm your host of the Steady Wealth Podcast. Welcome back to another episode. And over the past couple of quarters, six, seven, eight months or so, as we um, have been doing the podcast and getting a lot of positive feedback, uh, it's becoming increasingly clear that giving people a balanced view of managing either their own money or maybe understanding a little bit what their investment advisor does if they have one. And by the way, shameless plug, I would encourage everyone to get an investment advisor. If you don't have one, you probably need one because you know the world of finance is complex and it changes uh, all the time. So having someone to ask questions to at the very least uh, or having them manage at, you know, a good part of your money uh, is some, certainly something we would encourage everyone to do. We understand, of course, a lot of people do want to manage some of their own money. And actually, we encourage that, right? So bluemarlinadvisor.com, you go to bluemarlinadvisor.com, you can inquire uh, about what we do at Blue Marlin Advisors, which is our investment advisory firm. We'll be very happy to look at your portfolio, have a chat with you. And we particularly deal with an extraordinary large amount of people that are self-directed investors. It's kind of something we specialize in, if you will. We talk to a lot of people who understandably want to take more sort of destiny of their own money. And, uh, you know, that takes a certain mindset to be able to, you know, to be able to do. And we understand those people. So if you are the kind of person who likes to manage your own money, but you have questions and you need a little bit of help here and there, that's exactly what, where we come in. Anyway, um, what I want to talk about today is actually closely related to all this, of course, and it has to do with compound interest. And I don't know how many of you have heard this before, but Albert Einstein once said, or at least we are being told he once said, and it's a smart quote, so it kind of wouldn't be surprising. He said that compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world and that those people who understand it would earn it, meaning would make a lot of money from it potentially, but those who don't understand it would be the one that are being basically paying it, meaning paying the other people who do understand it. And by the way, that's a lot of times in life, things is like that. But here we're talking about money. So it's arguably even more important, you know, when it comes to anything that comes to money, uh, health, and of course, family, uh, things get really, really important really quickly. But of course, here in the Steady Wealth Podcast, we're talking about money, our finances, the markets, your finances, more importantly, what might be at stake. And so uh, we want to talk about uh, compound interest as it relates to, to that. Well, first of all, what is compound interest? Well, you know, very basically, it's the interest we can receive on interest. So let's assume we have an account. This could be a bank account or an investment account that has $1,000 in it. And let's say that uh, account grew to $1,100 after one year, whether that was a bunch of dividends and coupon payments that were received, or it was literally a stock portfolio and it grew to $1,100. Well, the $1,100 
uh, are now obviously that's a larger amount than the year before. It's a 10% growth, $100 more than the year before. And if we were to invest now that $1,100, we would be investing a higher amount. So let's say interest rates argue, for argue, um, argument's sake were the same, and um, we would now be earning, let's say, maybe 5% on some sort of a, a, a fixed income instrument on $1,100. Well, you can see how this would snowball, not over the course of a year, of a month or a year even, but over the course of 5 to 10 15, 20 years, which is really what most individual investors should have a time horizon on. And by the way, many institutional investors have exactly that time horizon. If you think about the liability matching that um, a lot of insurance companies do and uh, pension funds that have to do that, they have time horizons that are quite long as well. And again, as they should. The importance here of compound interest, interest really cannot be overstated in my view. And since Einstein called it the eighth wonder of the world, I would argue that he probably would probably agree with me there. But before we go a bit further into that and give you some concrete examples of you know how one could consider doing this, and also the threat that exists or the risk of not doing it, by the way, let me just quickly remind everyone how this has kind of become a bit of a second thought for lots of individual investors over the past uh, 12 years or so. First of all, we had an interest rate environment with very low interest rates over the course of the past 12 years, so starting roughly in 2008, 2009, all the way through 2021. And that low interest rate environment essentially meant that uh, growth, anything that's growth related would be outperforming. So growth stocks, mostly those are technology stocks or technology related stocks, um, would outperform. And so that all kind of came to a peak in the year 2020 as the pandemic arrived in 2021 as interest rates literally went to zero, uh, even below zero in parts of Europe and other parts of the world. United States, we managed to keep it just a touch above zero, but might as well have been uh, zero. And so basically people stopped caring about any kind of investing that was not in high growth stuff. They started buying very levered crypto stories or, you know, non-profitable tech stocks. And again, that all makes sense in an environment when interest rates are extremely low, or in this case, we had no interest rates, which is silly. It's something called monetary, modern monetary theory is what they call it, MMT. Ultimately, that didn't work because inflation screamed higher and now we're paying the price. Now, that's a bit of a, a story or I guess a topic for another episode. But I just wanted to kind of build a little bit of framework of why so few people um, really have been caring about the compound interest component. Now, to some extent, kind of oddly or maybe perversely enough, a lot of people have actually inadvertently experienced compound investment growth. Let's take, for example, someone who was lucky enough to buy some sort of a crypto or a high growth tech stock a number of years ago, and that you know, that investment can continue to kind of accrue, right? Maybe uh, one started putting a little bit of money in into that account and buy a little bit more of that stock or that cryptocurrency. And over time, that made a huge difference, right? Over time, that return graph essentially went almost vertical. And that's actually a really important point that we want to make about as it relates to your individual portfolios. Now, again, 
this is one of these things that, that a lot of people haven't really realized was actually happening, but they were doing it with extremely risky investments. Now, of course, the point would be to do this with much less risky investments, although it can be done with risky investment as well. If we think about this through the lens of, let's say, actual interest rates, we have interest rates now that are you know, higher than they've been for a long period of time. In fact, we have interest rates that are currently, as we're recording this, probably the highest they've been in 12 or so years. And it's the first time that many people have actually seen this. And this brings up a whole nother topic, which again, we don't have time for right now, but it brings about the lack of experience of different interest rate environments of many people that are in the investment world right now, which is actually quite scary and um, really quite dangerous uh, to not have that perspective. But of course, people will learn. So this is uh, this tool will ultimately work uh, work its way through. But long story short, when it comes to this compound interest, there's essentially multiple ways we can take advantage of this. Let's forget for a moment the high growth stories that we've had, because again, that story is probably over for right now. But how can one take advantage of these higher interest rates and this compound, this miracle that Einstein called the eighth wonder of the world? Well, a lot of it has to do with investing in things that throw off some sort of a cash flow. That cash flow could be um, in the case of a bond, it could be a coupon payment. If you think about uh, many treasury and bonds and notes, they uh, throw off a dividend paid twice per year. So it's called semi-annually. There are ETFs out there that, for example, invest in money market funds. And remember, this is not a recommendation. This is simply just research. So don't go out there and say, search said, I should buy this. I did not say that. This is simply just research. But for example, just to give you a ticker symbol, an ETF out there called J, the ticker symbol is JPST. It's the JP Morgan Ultra Short Income ETF. Essentially what this fund does is it invests in money market instruments. So that's essentially short-term corporate debt. It's considered quite safe. It's it's investment grade, meaning it's not junk uh, stuff, paper. And this thing actually throws off a dividend every month. Treasuries, again, some all there's a lot of different treasury bonds out there, but the ones I just mentioned before, they do a twice annual coupon distribution. This thing pays every month because money market uh, instruments work a bit differently, meaning they pay more frequently and shorter duration. So that's one thing. One, one could do that. One can buy bonds or even JPSTs. And again, not a recommendation, right? Simply just, I'm just for the sake of research, giving you a ticker as an idea, which is actually nice these days. We can do a lot of stuff through ETFs and we pay a bit of a fee for it, but it's kind of then being done for us and, and kind of managed for us. So that's, that's fixed income. But what about, what about dividends? The dividends are, in my view, something that's also kind of taking a bit of a backseat. And, you know, if we look at dividend uh, paying portfolios that are being managed well, they over time do just as well as some of the high growth stories because high growth stories have a lot more ups and downs and a lot more drawdowns. And so even actually as a side note, gold actually has more or less kept track track with the S&P founder, believe it or not, over the long term, which is actually quite incredible. Um, Again, because stocks have a higher volatility and bigger drawdowns. Uh, Dividends. And in fact, more specifically, I'm going to quickly drop a bit of a, 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 a sort of a term here for you. Something called dividend aristocrats. I don't know how many people have heard of that before, but a dividend aristocrat is a stock company that has essentially been paying a higher dividend payment for, I think it's 25 consecutive years. So think about this. These are companies that are paying their investors 
a higher dividend every single year for 25 years. What investor wouldn't like that, right? If you're an investor and you invest in a company for the long term, wouldn't it be nice to know that the company that you invest in, the the management board or whatever, that they actually believe in paying their investors, rewarding their investors for being loyal shareholders. So these are companies, and again, not recommendation, but just so you have some idea what kind of companies these tend to be. They tend to be more stable companies that are more consumer staples, like for example, Johnson & Johnson, Procter & Gamble, Genuine Parts, that's a bit of a different, I guess, a more consumer discretionary name, Coca-Cola. You even have um, more finance-related companies like um, Cincinnati Financial. And I think pretty much all these names that I just mentioned, they have all been growing their dividend, these ones. And again, these are Robert, not recommendations, give an idea. They've been growing their dividend for at least 65 consecutive years. So that's consecutive years of dividend growth of 65 years plus. I mean, that's quite incredible if you think about it, right? I mean, 65 years, <laughs> it's, it's incredible. And, you know, so these are the kind of things, and this, and this talking about compound investment or compound interest, think about reinvesting those dividends. It's the same concept as earning interest on interest. So you're receiving a payment, whether it's a bond payment, a coupon payment, an interest payment, if you will, that you receive from someone whose bond you bought, uh, where you are um, the creditor to, or uh, you are paying, uh, buying a stock and that stock uh, throws off a dividend and you reinvest that dividend payment into more stock. Could be from the same company, could be a different company. There's a lot of reinvestment programs for a lot of you guys that are 401ks are familiar with that kind of stuff. So those are just two simple ways in which we can take advantage of this, again, what Einstein called the eight to under the world, which is the uh, power of compound interest. Compound interest is not only important for uh, people as we as they grow towards uh, retirement age. In fact, really anyone should be doing that. The earlier, the better. There are numerous statistics out there. Even Tony Robbins has written books uh, or stated uh, the power of compound interest before, um, just to kind of go more mainstream, mainstream on you. You know how powerful that is. So, I mean, really, you know, if you have a child, a dependent. Uh, a spouse, uh, you know, it doesn't matter whether they're five, 10 years old or 50 or 50, 60 years old, really anyone should be doing this. I'm the earlier you do this, the better. So that's uh, really, really, really powerful as far as we're concerned. But just to give you a couple of ideas of, you know, a lot of people tend to have this very short term view. And again, this is something that took place largely over the past, you know, 10 to 12 years. A lot of people have because of the low interest rates, gotten into a very short-term trading mentality. And they think that the more you turn over, the more you click around the market, the more money you make. And it's, it's actually the exact opposite. And this is not just my view. It's literally factual. I've mentioned this many times in, the business, in this podcast. I will continue to mention this many, many more times in this podcast that that's simply true. Now, I'm not saying don't do any trading. I trade every day. I do stuff. But it should be done with a proper amount of money. Meaning, if one has you know a thousand dollars, again, just add a few zeros or subtract a zero. If you know, depending on everyone's situation, one shouldn't be trading with a thousand dollars to their name. It's more like twenty, thirty percent. Maybe some people are 
around the higher end of that. Maybe some people are on the lower end of that. And again, it's because the, the trading stuff is much more erratic. Most people quit trading, by the way, once they start. It usually takes a few months and most people are done. We also know empirically that people who trade tend to uh, not make money. About, I think, 5% of people tend to make money of people who trade over time. But that's also because they measure their success on a very near-term basis. So they, they trade, they put on a couple of trades, and after two months, they quit. Well, two months of anything isn't really worth it. You're not going to see any results in anything after two months, really, or not meaningful enough. So I'm not quite sure why it should any, be any, any different in the finance world. And here we're talking about your finances, right, which are, of course, extremely uh, important. That's the power of compound growth. And if I had a chart here that I could show you, obviously, this is a today, this is a audio-only podcast. But you can kind of imagine if you, let's assume, so we talked about dividends and we talked about bonds and you can reinvest those dividends and, and payments. But what if you had a bit of a saving uh, that maybe you could put aside uh, every month, every quarter? Again, everyone's got different times, time frames. Some people even have weekly savings and you could add those to an account. Well, let's assume again, you had a bond an allocate, you have, a, you have a portfolio of a certain amount and you add a little bit to it every month and you buy more of that bond that pays, let's say 5% dividends, right? Or 5% coupon. And the more you do that, the more every month, every year, the higher the principal comes and the higher you'll be receiving more dividends at an increasing rate, right? So this accelerates, kind of like look at, imagine a chart that kind of goes ultimately almost parabolic. It increases at an accelerating rate, right? It's like, um, I'm trying to find a car analogy, but I'm sure you guys can kind of you know imagine what I'm trying to say. It's not just receiving money from investments, but also adding savings as much as we can is something that really makes this work very well. So this goes back to the example I said before. So, you know, if we have a dependent, let's say, and, and we, we put X amount of money every month or every quarter into their account or every year, right? It can be once a year for sure. The more we do that and the larger the amount, the more, you know, that that pile of money will grow over time. Now, again, and I, I need to go back to this because of the short-termism a lot of people have gotten into over the past 12 years. It doesn't mean this should be put into high, you know, highly speculative, volatile stuff that may not ever make it. Here we're talking really about stuff that has a lot more certainty to it, like investing in, you know, at least investment-grade bonds or dividend aristocrat dividends, right, stocks, government uh, bonds. And by government here, I'm for the moment going to talk about treasury notes. Not every government has the same credibility. So emerging market debt, of course, has a lot uh, different uh, sort of um, uh, risk profile. So I'm hoping that with this kind of a mindset or this, this kind of message that we're bringing across, this is helping you understand that you don't have to chart chase your latest breakout alert that you're receiving from, you know, the chartist artist that you're subscribing a newsletter to. And again, there's nothing wrong with doing that. I need to be clear, but it shouldn't be the only thing one does. And by all means, one needs to understand that that has a lot more volatility to it. It's really important to understand that. I trade every day. I do stuff every day in the markets, pretty much every day, I think. But I do it with a certain amount of money. I don't do it with 100% of my money. I do it, like I said, with like 20, 30%. Now, again, everyone's got different risk profiles, so everyone has, has to do it with different amount of their money. Overall, I think trading should be concentrated to a certain amount of their money. And by the way, I mean, I'm not spoiling any, any secrets here, spilling any secrets here, but I can tell you, Every single smart investor, professional investor, hedge fund manager that I know, anything like that, 
has exactly that approach. They will invest and make pretty concentrated bets with some of their money, 20-30%. The rest of it is being put into the miracle of compound interest. I hope this is helpful, folks. If you have any interest in, in, in uh, investment management, financial planning, go on over to thestudytrader.com. Actually, that's more for the, the trading side if you would uh, like to receive research. Otherwise, bluemarlinadvisor.com, www.bluemarlinadvisor.com, which is our investment advisory firm where we, where we give, give financial advice, we can give investment advice, we do investment management for people's uh, family and their net worth. But again, that's bluemarlinadvisor.com. If you're interested more in the research side of it, a bit more the trading side, you go over to thestudytrader.com. The so that's www.thestudy, S-T-E-A-D-Y, trader.com, where you can subscribe to our research, our indicators, and all sorts of stuff like that. I hope this is helpful, folks, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Study Wealth Podcast.